Oh, and lounge against the machine. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dick. Dick cheese. Dude, this, I wonder if he does. Uh... I'm taking that sound bite. <laughs> I'm clipping that, and I'm just going to throw that at the end of every episode. Oh, damn it. He doesn't do... Uh... <laughs> I didn't realize what I was saying. <laughs> I kind of I just want to start the show right now just so I can throw that in there. Uh, Should I, I say it again? <laughs> it's okay. I'm probably just going to start the show. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the Savage Land. Wait, how did you start the show? Shadow in your head, say. Welcome back to the Savage Land. That was um, Richard Cheese with More Human Than Human, covered by uh, Rob Zombie. White Zombie. White Zombie. I thought it was Rob Zombie. Get your zombie straight. I don't know anything about Rob Zombie. There's a difference. Well, explain. White Zombie was an awesome band from the early to mid-90s, and then Rob Zombie left the group, Mm. went out solo, and just made sort of like pop new metal trash. Yeah, pop new metal trash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, we got a we got a savage trio here today. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves. Rachel, Matt, and I'm Jason. How's 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 it hanging? Uh, Everybody, okay. uh, great. <laughs> Just great. Oh, it's 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 been a week. Um, before so before the catch up today, I did want to uh, have a, a little. There's so there's been there's been a, a post on Reddit that kind of blew up over the last week. And uh, got a lot of attention for uh, for for taking something that's a little bit reviled about the prequels and uh, and possibly redeeming it with a crazy theory that might actually work. All right. So, uh, really quick, Matt, Jason, what are your thoughts on Jar Jar Binks? Um, I I don't know. As for as much as I openly hate the prequels. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar's not one of the things I hate the most about the prequels. That is surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, I, you know, I think they could have wow. made his, I yeah, think right? they could have made his, his dialogue a little less dumbed down, mm-hmm. but, I, and a little less like poop jokes. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, no, I don't mind the, the that character. No, okay. Not really. What about you, Rachel? I just hate him. You just altogether. hate Jar Jar? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, and if, if you'll if you'll pull your your phones out for oh, the the, the, cli- the link that I sent you, this is the one we have to follow. Along <clears> this to. is the following along. After this, there's no there's no following along. And everybody uh, listening, uh, if you'll just search Jar Jar Sith Lord on uh, on Google, you'll find a Reddit post that explains all of this. <clears throat> and I'll uh, I'll read it to you just to see kind of what you guys think. This is fucking long. It's fairly long, but we'll get through it pretty quick. <laughs> we'll get through it pretty quick. You'll you'll be interested. Jar Jar Binks was a trained Force user, knowing Sith collaborator, and will play a central role in The Force Awakens, is the headline. 
this, uh, this user establishes, here I will seek to establish that Jar Jar Binks, far from being simply the bumbling idiot he portrays himself as, is in fact a highly skilled force user in terms of martial ability and mind control. Furthermore, I assert that he was not, as many people assume, just an unwitting political tool manipulated by Palpatine. Rather, he and Palpatine were likely in collaboration from the very beginning, and it's entirely possible that Palpatine was a subordinate underling to Binks throughout both trilogies. And finally, given the above, I will conclude with an argument as to why I believe it's not only possible, but plausible that Jar Jar will make a profound impact on the upcoming movies and what his role may be. Okay, now we're going to take a break and do the catch-up, and then you guys can... Can eat the rest of that afterwards. <laughs> uh, what? 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 Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to finish that after the ketchup, just because I wanted to throw you guys through a little rigmarole Ugh. and give you a little tease. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get the How's gifts. Feel? To, you, the whole reason you wanted us to pull the phones yeah. up is so the gifts work. I'm trying to get the gifts to work. I don't have any gifts, so. <laughs> well, too bad. Well, it's they're they're in little hyperlinks. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> We'll we'll we'll, re- we'll resume the fan theory after the catch up. I just want to give you guys a little bit of a tease, just a, just a little nugget. Okay, great job. Yep, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess for the for the catch up this week, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, I know uh, uh, Matt's got some hostilities towards doing any starting of the catch up anymore <laughs> at all ever. Yeah, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, this week, uh, one of the big things was uh, I saw Spectre, um, which actually we'll be doing a, uh, a Spectre special extravaganza on uh, the TMBC podcast. But tender. Uh, oh, sweet. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. yeah. I saw it, too. I also enjoyed it. Yeah? I did. What's, what, was your, what was your rating of it that, uh, that you gave? Uh, I gave it 004 out of 007. 004 out of 007. It's not bad. I'm a little I'm a little higher on it than that, but it definitely uh, definitely didn't go without flaws. I had some pretty weak plot. It did, it did. For for a story that was, you know, like designed to be sort of the ultimate, like everything crashing down, was kind of was kind of a little thin. It, yeah, it definitely felt like uh, we didn't plan for this, but we're gonna really try as hard <laughs> as we can to smash it all together at the end. Yeah. Um, but no, I still did enjoy it, fun action and all that stuff. And uh, and to hear more on that, feel free to tune into to TMBC. Um, but I also saw Bridge of Spies, the Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg movie. Freaking phenomenal! Did you guys see either? Either you see that? No. Not yet. Fantastic! Yeah, I like, like to see that. It's it's some some serious Spielberg. Spielberg's getting serious, you know. He's 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 not he's not he's not screwing around. He's Spielbergin for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and Tom Hanks is Tom Hankson. I I like when Tom Hanks Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 Hankson for some Tom. <laughs> I'm always Hankson for some Tom. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also saw uh, Danny Boyle's Steve Jobs, uh, starring uh, Michael Fassbender from an Aaron Sorkin screenplay. Uh, that was actually really good. I didn't think I would enjoy. Uh, second Steve Jobs movie with just better people in it, but uh, really, uh, really good. Um, it uh, it basically approaches it, it tells the whole story at three different important um, milestone launches in Steve Jobs' career. So the the first launch was the Macintosh, um, the the keynote or like leading up to the announcement of the Macintosh. The second was the announcement of. Um, the uh, the black box from next when Steve Jobs was was away from Apple, 
And then the third is uh, is the announcement of um, the iMac when he returned to Apple. Um, so it's it's all just kind of like these three pivotal moments in uh, in Steve Jobs' career. All the things leading up to that. Um, it follows, uh, especially like the really the the big story of the entire movie is his relationship with his alleged daughter um, throughout these three movies and the you know the the denial of paternity, um, the relationship that he had with her mother, um, the relationship that he had with his subordinates, with his assistants, um, everything like that, like how kind of a sociopath he was um and it also really played up the the relationship between he and john scully who was um one of the big sort of reasons that apple became as successful as it was uh played excellently by jeff daniels um and uh yeah it was it was a really interesting look at, at steve jobs and for you know for for all of the i guess praise that steve jobs gets for you know like being the the face behind a lot of uh you know, Apple stuff and fanboy things. Um, it, it's, it doesn't really pull any punches. I mean, like you at the, by the end of the movie, you kind of have a little bit of sympathy for him, but throughout the entire movie, it, it kind of takes you on a, a ride of just like, wow, this guy is a dick. And it's, it's really interesting. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. And Seth Rogen plays Steve Wozniak fantastically, by the way, he's born to play the Steve Wozniak role. <laughs> um, yeah, those those movies were awesome. Uh, you know, finally got volume three of fifty two, so uh, continuing my fifty two stuff, and I'm really excited about that. Just barely uh, started reading that today, um, and uh, and yeah, other than that, just uh, writing. Oh, oh yeah, writing. I'm actually really excited about uh, something that's going on. So I'll just I'll tell you guys on here, I guess. Um, there's a so Josh and I uh, have been for about ten years now writing a sci fi story universe thing um and when i say 10 years i mean like we kind of came up with the idea about 10 years ago and like sort of did like a little uh, bit of stuff and then didn't do it for like a lot of years and then recently this year we kind of started uh bringing that stuff back up and, and expanding upon it and 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 yeah so basically we're uh we're gonna write this book and and release each chapter online uh for free on like a blog or whatever along with a, uh, a audio book that will be released in a podcast channel on TMBC as well. So look forward to that in the coming months. Uh, we'll start releasing chapters of, of book and audio book form. Matt, you don't want to give us a spoiler on, uh, or, or a teaser on what it's about? A teaser. Um, sure. So there's, there's still a lot of details we're sort of hammering out, but we've got the, basically the main plot. And the main plot is about... Oh, you, can just, you can be super vague, too. You can oh, say. I know. I know. Space pirates. It's <laughs> um, no, it's about it's about uh, the relationship between a br- uh, disabled um, young boy and his uh, older sister, who is a uh, um, a basically black ops specialist in a uh, space military regime type thing. And uh, the I guess you know the really like that's the story, and, and it's all set in a world of of yeah, like tyranny and and uprising and all the fun classic you know tropes that every single sci-fi movie ever has done mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah it's it's really just about a, a brother and a sister and their their relationship and dealing with uh, the loss of their parents and that stuff so nice yeah it's uh, it's fun and, and look for look for that coming soon i'll give you guys more details when we have them um we oh we actually fuck we came up with a title last night and i wrote it down somewhere and i don't have it but i'll give you guys the title <laughs> later <laughs> okay All um right. yeah so awesome. uh, moving on to whoever wants to go next 
Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, basically, I'm watching all the same stuff again. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. It's Dude, like, so I can't find it. It's not on any of the... You have to watch it on cable? Where yeah. do you watch it? I get it from the internet. Ah, right. From the, <laughs> yeah, cable. You can watch it on Stars internet Play. Cable. Okay, yeah, I don't have Stars Play. Well, well shit, it's Matt. free on there. I don't have cable or anything, but... Oh, you can just go on to Stars Play on the on your on yeah. Your you computer. can get the app, or you can just go oh okay to their website and watch it. Gotcha. But I do get it from the internet as well. <laughs> Hooray! Yay! <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. Like it's the funniest show I've ever seen. Yeah, I want to watch it. So yeah, that's awesome. Is so so what's what's the basis of of Ash versus Evil Dead? Is it like it starts when uh. Ash gets super high and tries to impress this girl and reads from the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and summons the evil dead again, the deadites. The deadites. Come so, on, Ash, get it together. Yeah. So, like, they keep coming after him and he's like, oh, okay, I still have the book. And then he, like, pulls out the bag of weed and he's like, how did that get in there? And it just spirals out of control. Nice. That's amazing. It's so good. It's actually it's, really awesome. It's probably my favorite show on right now. Really? Is yeah. Sam Raimi directing the episodes or just producing? He's producing. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I, I like that. It, it's so good. <laughs> this is everybody needs to watch. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. Um, I'm caught up on American Horror Story Hotel. How is it? It's so good. Really? So so good. Really? Is Lady Gaga? Is she? Is she? She's awesome. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Wow. I think she's awesome in it. That show is also just an excellent show. I've kind of heard that, and I mean, like, I've heard all of the acting in it is is pretty consistent and pretty solid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and this one deals a lot with serial killers. Mm, that's your. Uh, that's your. So it's your jam. I'm, I'm really really digging it. Like <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer showed up. John Wayne Gacy, like it was super cool. So, what's the premise behind a hotel? Is it is it just a hotel that serial killers stay at, or what's? Uh, the hotel was built by this guy, who he's not H. H. Holmes, but he is basically H. H. Holmes. Okay, because you know, there's rooms that go nowhere and hallways you can't escape from. Mm-hmm. But he built the hotel just to kill people. Like, there's shoots that you can dispose all the bodies. Oh. And so just over time, it's just kind of collected all these people that have died there. So they're haunting it. But there's also vampires that live there, too, because it's a... Because vampires? Because vampires. Cause why not? <laughs> Matt's face right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, it, why not? It did get a little weird with some vampire stuff that I'm like, well, where the hell are they going with that? That's super weird, but whatever. They're serial killers, so I'll just ignore it. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty awesome. I mean, it sound, it actually does sound interesting, which is odd coming from me because I've never actually been interested in American Horror Story before. Yeah, I I love it. I think so far it's my favorite one. But I yeah, mean, we're it, we're like a couple episodes into uh, Freak Show. I haven't seen Freak Show. It's really good. Oh, that's uh, not- Chris Angel, right? Uh-uh. Well, that's Mind Freak. Oh. That's Mind Freak. <laughs> uh, you know, because I was on the fence 
I thought, I don't know, freak show, like, yeah, how interesting could it be? It's really good. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've had that same feeling of, eh. well, like, I loved Carnival. It's like kind of like some circus folky things. Yeah, it, but it also deals with sort of like just really messed up non freak show people. People hmm. in the outskirts of, or like normal, normies, as you want. <laughs> normies. Yeah. People uh, named Norman. Yeah, those normies out there. It's just a group of people named Norman. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, but it, it's, it's worth. Facebook group. It's well worth watching. I, I've wanted to, but I, I felt like I kind of got burned in the second season. I hated the second season. You didn't like, uh, which one was the second one? The, the Asylum one? Yeah, I didn't like it. Was that the one with Evan Peters? They all have Evan Peters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. He's got a horror story face. He's, He's like always He's pale good. and like sweaty. Yeah. And Which I, I've never really liked him. But really? in Hotel, I think he's awesome. Huh. I absolutely love him. I do think he's a good actor. I like him as, as Quicksilver. No, season two had Zachary Quinto. <laughs> season two yeah. had, uh, he was in the first season, yeah. too. I like Zachary Quinto as, as Siler. He was creepy as Siler. Yeah, he's good as He's really good. I liked him in it. I just, the story got a little, huh. oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I like. I thought it was good. Yeah, God forbid American Horror Story gets like that. I'm just kidding. I, I like it because I like it for that reason. I like that it gets pretty weird and yeah. doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't quite make sense, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with the last episode. I'm like, well, I I don't get what's going on there, but maybe they'll address it later, and <laughs> I'll just kind of ignore it until. <laughs> I mean, that's because I was hoping because I you know the whole the that Scream Queens show. Like I was like, oh maybe that'll yeah. be fun because they wrote it. And our people who wrote American Horror Story wrote, yeah, it's just not that good. I I liked it, like it had some really awesome moments. I've actually stopped watching it. I stopped watching it because it got a little too girly and bitchy <laughs> for me. Yeah, totally. So yeah, and yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's like I I don't know horror like for. For all the talk and, like, uh, the amount of, like, friends that I have that love horror, I have consumed such a, like, finite amount of horror that, like, it's always interesting, like, hearing about it and, like, what the issues are with horror stories and stuff. Because I just, I wouldn't even know what the, anything of it would be. And so it's always, like, interesting just, like, hearing about, like, oh, yeah, and this is what sucks about it and this is what's great. And I'm like, oh, okay. That probably makes sense. I I love horror. I grew up watching horror, so. Yeah, we'll edumacate you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I need to be edumacated. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got in your bottle, uh, Rachel? I got to bring up Constantine on Arrow. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. It was amazing. It was so good. So good. And I love that they had all the same music. Hell, yeah. Like, I, I just thought it was perfect. I know. The fact that they, yeah, that they carried over the music and, and the like they really captured it pretty well. And his costume was almost the same. Yeah. I mean, like, I noticed that the jacket was a different material, which is fairly, you know, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's minuscule. It's a stupid detail. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the episode. And I think that, you know, if they continue to involve Constantine, um, it will be, I think, you know, a, a welcome addition to, uh, you know, to the, to the show and, and really bring a whole new dimension to all of the mystical and like yes you know that otherworldly stuff in in yeah. arrow so i don't know like i think it'd be really cool to have he and uh and damien dark interact oh yes i would absolutely love that yeah i i want constantine to keep 
appearing on Arrow. Definitely. Because that was like their highest rated episode. Oh, yeah. It was like the highest (laughs) rated episode in the history of Arrow. Yeah. (laughs) I actually, it inspired me to go back and start and watch Constantine again. So I've I've watched like three episodes of Constantine in the last week. But yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy. I like it. like, it got to be, like, 15 minutes in, and I'm like, where the fuck is Constantine? I know, seriously. When he finally shows up yes. in that flashback, you're like, <gasps> yeah. yeah, I didn't expect him to show up there. Yeah, I didn't think that that would be him yeah. <laughs> getting his ass kicked. Seriously. But, yeah, no, I, I love him, and I'm just very, very happy. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, of course, The Flash. The Flash. What do you think of this episode? <laughs> I love it. Like, I think The Flash and... Ash versus Evil Dead are my favorite shows yeah. on TV. That's awesome. I I'm yeah. loving the Harrison Wells stuff. I absolutely love him. He's like I I, I love I the he's my favorite. He really is. He's because he's playing such a different character, even yeah. though he's the same guy sort of. Yeah, he's playing such a different character, and he's like such a dick. Like, and that was one of my favorite lines that Cisco says. Is that oh, yeah. Harrison Wells was evil, but you're just a dick. Yeah, you're just a dick. <laughs> yeah, so I, good. I loved it. And they finally called Cisco Vibe. That made me so happy. I was like, oh, hey. I'm like, oh, you finally like outed him. And yeah. I love the way that they did it. And Seriously. That was yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I guess really quick. Um. Yeah, if, if everyone likes the, the Flash and Arrow, uh, check out my reviews on UltimateComicCon.com or something. I don't know. Yeah. Should have mentioned that in my catch up, but <laughs> But oh well. Yeah, uh, whatever. Um anyway, yeah. What else you got in your um, bottle? I saw Chris Hardwick. Oh, how was that? It was so good. Really? I wanted to I wanted to go see him and then I totally spaced it. Yeah, I had an empty seat next to me. Shit. <laughs> you should have told me and I would have emergency landed helicopter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there he actually had a few empty seats in there, which I thought was pretty weird. That's surprising. Doesn't he normally sell out sell out here? Yeah. Huh. I thought it was super weird, but he's like and it was a small theater, so he was like right there where that door is. Like, and so the entire time you were like yeah. rubbing his knee. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like that was a good joke, Chris. He's like a buff dude. Yeah. I never really realized You never noticed that? that? No. <laughs> I've always noticed his arms are like toned as hell. Oh, yeah. He's it's like... Odd. Super good. Yeah. It's weird, especially because he used to be fat. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, oh, well, good for him. A fat drunk. But yeah. now he looked good. It was super funny. I laughed really, yeah. really hard. Like, new, new material? Yeah. Nice. Nice. ridiculously hard actually my <laughs> hairdresser was across the theater mm-hmm. and chris went out into the audience and he just like goes up to him and he's like so what do you do and you just hear hair <laughs> 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 so I, I asked him afterwards and he's like i just panicked he's so pretty and i didn't know what to say to him he's just so gorgeous. I just want him to come back. And That's hilarious. Hold me. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> Guess he's got a... Never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is an easy joke. Hardwick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm but, sure he's heard that before. I'm sure yeah, he has. I'm sure. Yeah. And he closed um, singing uh, Bon Jovi, but <laughs> as Bane. <laughs> he's like, this is my new character, Bane Jovi. <laughs> And it was amazing. That actually sounds pretty <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh, so good. Which song? Uh, the cowboy one. Oh, I'm a cowboy. 
I'm still horse I ride. And then it like turned into a techno song. <laughs> it it was super good. That's funny. I, I loved it. That's good stuff. And got... yeah, that that's the end of my week. Your bottle's empty. My bottles. I emptied out the Chris Hardwick. All right. Well, Matt, uh, <laughs> let's let's open up the flaps on your double sided ketchup dipping pouches. What's a double-sided ketchup dipping pouch? Have you ever been to, like, Chick-fil-A, how they have, like, the... You can either tear off the top. It, like, it looks like a mini ketchup bottle, but it's a little, like, packet pouch thing, and you can either tear off the top and squirt it, or you can, like, open up the flap and dunk your waffle-cut fries in it. No. I only go to restaurants where ketchup is served in glass containers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a weird thing? Like, me and Matt are just, like, as I'm like, hey, you want to grab some food? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, oh, let's go to Burger King. Nope. Can't. Mm-mm. Why? Why, Matt? They don't have glass bottles. They don't have glass bottles. Ketchup and glass <laughs> bottles. We gotta go to. We gotta go to. Uh, uh, I don't know. Fuddruckers. Uh, does anyone? I don't care. I do not go to any restaurant that serves. We have to go to a diner. Single serving items. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> One time use ketchup. That's 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 Matt's <laughs> that's, that's Matt's packet. new character. <laughs> Hip, hipster diner consumer. <laughs> That's <laughs> like the dumbest character. It's a really dumb one, but for the situations where it comes in handy, it's really good. Uh, this reminds <laughs> me of Mr. Show, Bob and David with his oh, yeah. character. Oh, okay. that's like my absolute favorite one. Where the, the yeah. where it starts off with with Bob, and he's like, he's like, I'll have one donut with jam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the girl's like, <laughs> I wanted to choke you. Super annoying. She's like, you mean jelly? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Throws it in the box. <laughs> and then he goes and sits down with David Cross and he's like, has his little like mini vitriola record player. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus not Christ. like the, not the, not the, not the ones that play LPs, but the one that plays cylinders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. And, uh, he's like talking about how the music's so pure. It hurts. <laughs> That's my favorite episode. He's like, what is that, a record? And he's like, you mean vinyl? <laughs> Holy shit. It's so funny. <laughs> I would, I would, I love Mr. Show. Those guys just crack me I up. I love that. David Cross is pretty funny. I still haven't watched Mr. Show. You haven't watched any Mr. Show? Oh, uh, it's uh, comedy brilliance. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Fucking story of my life. <laughs> I, like the, I always, <laughs> I always flash back to the one where the guy's like, talks about, he just did his like, trip to the, uh, um, oh, trip, yeah. to, trip to the Alps. Oh, yeah. And behind him is like a shelf with tons of little China figurines. <laughs> and he's like getting super, like, just he's like, uh, he gestures wildly while he's telling the story. And he like keeps almost falling back into this yeah. shelf full of little Chinese, like, tons of China figurines <laughs> behind him. <laughs> the fuck? And that's the whole skit, but it just keeps going. And it's super, it's super funny. Uh, Anyway, ketchup bottle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's okay. Right. That, was, that was a good tangent. <laughs> uh, yeah, observing Swamp Thing. It's great. Moving on to the next thing. No, no let's, <laughs> ta- let's, okay, let's talk about Swamp Thing. Tell us a bit about Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Um, like, tell us a bit about the story. Uh, so he was he was brought on, and uh, the only way he said he would do it is if he was able to reinvent the character. Okay, because. Because Len Wein's Swamp Thing sucked. No, but I think he wanted to take it to a different dimension. Okay. And so, like, Len Wein's Swamp Thing was, dude, uh, fell, like, you know, fell into the swamp after uh, some bomb blew up, and he got covered in chemicals, and he woke up, and he was the Swamp Thing. Okay. Alan Moore changed the origin in that, dude, same thing happened. Dude fell in the swamp, 
and uh, but he died, and but his consciousness with the chemicals got mixed into the swamp and created a new entity, which is Swamp Thing. So it's not the dude anymore. Okay. It's part of his consciousness that sort of animated this swamp construct. So he still has elements of this guy's conscious, but it's not him anymore. Okay. And so... And the guy's Alec Holland, right? Alec Holland. So it's Alec Holland's, like, pseudo-plant... Pseudo-consciousness that's now, like, infused with, like, Earth-nature consciousness. Trying to figure out its identity. Okay. Uh, that's really cool. It's really cool. So it's and, about soul-searching. Mm, a little bit of soul-searching. It gets into the, uh, sort of, the arcane side of what I assume is the DC universe. Cause he died. He, like he can like, he can transport his consciousness into the, the realm into the, the grain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's also, there's also tons of commentary on, especially from when it came out, like about, you know, poisoning the earth and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So like, as Alan Moore likes to do. Yes. And one of the, so one of the bad guys is like nuke face is, is called, his name's nuke face. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And he's like just drinking radioactive sludge. <laughs> and so he's like super radioactive and so you know he kills everyone he comes in contact with and he touches Swamp Thing and like melts parts of him off and Swamp Thing actually has to like die and then regrow himself from a sapperling and I mean it's really oh, cool yeah, wow it's an awesome comic <laughs> that's really cool and it gets very psychedelic uh, and Alan Moore you know like I said last week Alan Moore is just a pleasure to read he just really has a way with words that's he does totally satisfying in this uh, in this last week, I since it was the fifth of November, I reread uh, V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't put that in my catch up. I forgot my notebook today, so I don't have like any of the notes I took. Okay. Um, but yeah, I uh, reread V for Vendetta, and it is like very just eloquently worded. Everything has purpose. He's never he's never unnecessarily dialogue heavy. Uh-uh. You know, like all all of the words in his writing have meaning. Oh yeah. Um, and it becomes evident when you look at like the breakdowns that he gives to his artists. Like he'll give he'll give for like a twenty two page issue he would give his artists like fifty pages of like notes on what's happening and hmm. exactly how each frame is nice. and that's why he almost never worked with another, with a, the same artist twice because they fucking hated it like <laughs> they had no freedom <laughs> and he's like and this has to be here and then the perspective has to be over this shoulder and mm. this is over on the corner and you know like but at the same time, it's it, you know there's a reason to that because every part of his story, whether it's the art, whether it's the words, whether it's you know the timing of anything, it all has meaning and it all serves a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get the same gist from this, and I mean, in Womp and Watchmen, same thing. Mm-hmm. Womp thing. Womp thing. <laughs> <laughs> the new Alan Moore comic. Watch thing. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, same thing. No, you know, I yeah, I'd like to go read some more of his. Uh, his newer stuff, like Top Ten, was really. I remember reading Top Ten a while ago. That was super good. I heard tw- Top Ten was really cool. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I want to get the the DC Universe by Alan Moore collection because he did a lot of like short little stories for a lot of DC characters. Like he had two or three Superman stories that were really good. Um, one one of them is one of my favorite Superman stories ever, called "For the Man Who Has Everything." Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Just like sort of this, you know, perspective from. Somebody like that. I mean, you know, as the title would imply, you know, for somebody like Superman, you know, what what is it that actually makes him tick? What is it that has meaning to him? What is it that, that really, you know, drives at his heartstrings? Or yeah, wasn't that like the humanizing of Superman? It, it really kind of was. It was. It's a story that like has been somewhat like people have tried to recreate it in terms of tone. Like J. Michael Straczynski 
tried to do it and like made one of the most horrible Superman stories in the history of time. (laughs) (laughs) And like, yeah, like people have been kind of trying to recreate it, but like, um, there's a really, like if you don't, for whatever reason, you don't want to go and find the comic book, um, justice league unlimited, the TV show had an episode, um, that basically just straight on adapted it. So if you just look on justice league for the man who has everything, that's cheating. That is cheating. Not really. Because it's it, it introduced because I mean it was a kids cartoon so it was basically introducing kids to these these characters through some of their best stories and and no but I'm saying you're recommending it to people who are too lazy to read comics oh I thought you said <laughs> adapting it was cheating no adapting is quite all right yeah but read the original first oh yeah definitely I agree wholeheartedly it was interesting because when I read that I had I had seen you know all of the Justice League episodes before I read that Alan Moore story yeah unless you're under twelve then it's fine. Fuck you. <laughs> Those cartoons were in like 99 through 2003 or oh, something. Oh, poor guy. So, screw you. Wait, weren't you under 12 then? Mm-hmm. At the time, yes. <laughs> I'm talking about right now, I'm not. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're starting off fresh, if you're under 12, you can watch the cartoon. <laughs> if you're over 12, read the comic first and then watch the cartoon. There we go, yeah. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep, keep going. Uh, yeah, no. So I don't know. Swamp Thing. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I just want to let's just keep talking about Swamp Thing. That's awesome. Uh, no, I read the first um, Secret Wars. Uh, Jonathan Hickman's. What's? It's oh just, yeah, it's just Secret Wars. Just Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just issue one. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever that was. Twenty fifteen Secret Wars issue one. Because I guess, you know, they already had 85's Secret Wars, and then they also had Secret Wars 2. Yeah, but Hickman didn't write them back then. Yeah, I know. I guess, yeah, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars. Okay, whatever. Whatever works. Uh, anyway. Uh, what do you think so far? That was totally satisfying. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's such a, it's a chore to get through Avengers. It's a chore to get through new Avengers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's super confusing. It's totally convoluted. And then you... You can pick. You could. You might as well just pick up Secret Avengers, read the synopsis, and then just read Secret Avengers. Secret Wars, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I I agree with you there because I didn't read any of Hick. Well, I tried to read a bunch of Hickman's Avengers, but I got through most of them, and it was like, ugh, this is this sucks. But uh, they he tied it up real nice. It made it clean. It's much easier to read. It's not convoluted. Yeah. Um. And it's really cool because the last couple panels is like Earth two or you know Earth six one six and Earth sixty one sixty sixty one Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's them crashing together, and then there's just a black page that says R.I.P. Earth six one six. R.I.P. You know yeah. Earth sixteen ten. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, you know nineteen seventy six to twenty fifteen, and then what uh, two thousand three? No, I think it's two thousand one. 2001 to 2015. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was really, yeah, it was, was really cool. like, okay, that's really cool. I'm yeah. super into that. <laughs> I like, uh, uh, I like having Asad Ribic on the art for that. Like, it's, it's interesting seeing him drawing all of these Marvel heroes since I, he's been doing that guy's, a, that guy's art is just always fun to, fun to look at. Awesome, yeah, yeah. it's good. Like, I, I loved him in God of Thunder, but since he was just doing Thor, it was always you know mythological beasts and stuff, which was awesome because he fits it really well. Yeah. But then it's like when you actually see him like doing, you know, Doctor Doom and like tons of Marvel heroes and oh, yeah. Spider Man and stuff. You're like, wow, you know, this is well, and like all the cool Shield spaceships from uh, Earth sixteen yeah. ten, like yeah, way cool. cool, so awesome. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm excited to like get into that whole event finally. Yeah, six months later. I know. So <laughs> you, you and your you and your Marvel Unlimited. I haven't read any of it, so it's worthwhile. It definitely is. Secret Wars is probably like 
one of the few events that's happened recently that's worth reading. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's on Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. Okay. The well, first issue, the first issue just came out. Oh, right? okay. Then I can read yeah, it. Just I'm week. also behind, like, Matt, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm, I also, like, kind of, like, petered out on some a lot of the runs that I usually re- uh, read weekly. Did you Peter Parker out? No, I still I stay up with Spider-Man always. Oh. Got to keep up with my you boy. You just said petered out, and so I was like, Peter Parker no, out. No, wasn't. Was, uh, anyway. No. <laughs> No, um, but yeah, so that's good. That's fun to finally read some good Marvel events going on again. Cause it got pretty weird and kind of dry for a while. It did. It and got you, it got very Hickman. Well, I, just the whole universe. Like there wasn't a lot of make events going on. Like there was the Black Vortex that was like X Men Guardians of the that Galaxy crossover. Mm-hmm. That was pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, and Children of the Atom right before that, which was also dumb. I I like Children of the Atom. Did you really? Yeah, I thought I that was like really that good. Much. Uh, or the Spider-Verse stuff, which was not good. Yeah. It was interesting, but yeah, not good. It was fun, kind of fun to read, like, seeing all the Spider-Peoples. Yeah, because the concepts were cool, but the story didn't make that much sense. No, the story wasn't good. And, uh, I mean, I, I see why they were trying to, like, get all of them into one universe, but... Yeah. Or whoever they want. They could, you know... Cherry pick. Choose. Yeah. Anyway, um... No, I've been listening to, uh, the audio drama We Are Alive. You listen to a lot of audio dramas. I don't. I I would like to find more. Uh, it seems like every week you have like a new. I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks. Yeah, that's true. But I haven't found too many good audio dramas. Oh, this okay. one's particularly good. It's a zombie apocalypse. Ooh, audio drama. But it kind of delves more into like how people survive. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that. I enjoy like you're a survival guy. Yeah, I like that. So it's fun. It's it's well performed. It was extremely popular. I'm surprised I'd never heard of it until just recently. Really? Yeah, it started in like 2009. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. yeah That's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Good on them for going for, geez, six years. That's crazy. So they have four seasons. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it started in 2011, but there's four seasons mm-hmm. and they just finished the beginning of this year. They they did their series finale. Oh, okay. Wow. And then they're like, they're, and I'm not quite done yet. And then uh, they said they were trying to do a Kickstarter to get another series up and running. That's way cool. That's yeah. really cool. Oh, it was apparently super popular. Who knew? Hmm. It's way awesome. But no, I you know I I do like audio drama. I think like Stephen King's The Mist mm-hmm. audio drama that they is is fun to listen to. I heard that was really good. That's pretty good. There are a couple of uh, Batman audio dramas I've listened to and really liked, like uh, Batman No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Really good. It was done by um, Graphic Audio. Yeah, so I listen to the Marvel graphic audios. They have a okay. Spider-Man one, and yeah. they've got Civil War. Civil War one was good. I enjoyed Civil that a lot. Civil War was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. I think that, I mean, I like that format. That, that, apparently they're doing a, who was it? Spider-Gwen or Kamala Khan graphic audio next. That's cool. Yeah, that should be fun. I, I think Kamala Khan would probably lend really well to a graphic audio. Yeah, I like that character. I, I was pretty turned off by the Miss Marvel stuff, but as I've been going through, I've now more and more enjoyed reading it. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean... It's yeah. definitely like teen girl romance, but it's also like kind of fun to see new characters get born. And yeah, it's true. I I could do without so much fangirling, but she is pretty cool. Yeah, well, I uh, feel the same way about Spider Gwen. Yeah, I'm like eh, it's, it's cute and all, but yeah, I'm, I I I can't really get into the Spider Gwen series. Yeah. yeah, I I read what's on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, it's not that great. But yeah, I didn't really like it. Like so, it's fun, but I don't think Jason Latour is that good of a writer. No, I like him as an artist, but he's not doing the art on that book. Silk is pretty. Have you read Silk? Yeah, I like Silk's Silk. Good. Yeah. Is that Dan Slott doing that? 
I think Jan Slott's doing so. Mm. He is like the Spider-Man guy now. Yeah, he yeah. kind of is. I really hope they change it to somebody else. Amazing Spider-Man is Dan Slott. No! Yep. Yeah. But Bendis is still doing Miles Morales when he comes in March or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm yeah. excited for that. Yeah, I think that's going to be my next my next big uh, my next big dive is going to do the Ultimate Spider-Man. Dude, so good. I know. I've, that's what everyone tells me. So freaking good. Bendis Bendis was born to write that character. Like especially like Peter Parker and Miles Morales. They both because they are distinct. Like it's not just a clone of you know like Miles Morales isn't just a clone of Peter Parker it's who's not just black. Ben Riley, black Ben Riley. Yeah, exactly. He's. <laughs> He's uh no he's he's very distinct and both of those characters their voices are very distinct in in you know in the writing of that series and he did like 14 volumes of Ultimate Spider-Man with Peter Parker and then there's like another I think 10 volumes with Miles Morales like he I mean he's been writing Ultimate Spider-Man since 2001 yeah and Miles Morales didn't come around until like 2009 or something yeah and so that's I feel I you know one thing I feel good about is now that the Ultimate Universe is, has ended. There's a closing to the story. Now, I haven't read because I haven't read any Ultimate Universe oh, at all, dude. So I've got this whole wealth of the Ultimate Universe I can go back and read if I ever want to. There's some good Ultimate stuff. I mean, especially like the first three or four years of of the Ultimate Universe was solid across the board. Yeah, that's what I heard. Ultimate Fantastic Four was amazing. Uh, the Ultimates one and two were both really good. Ultimate X Men was good for like you know seven or eight volumes. Um, you know, like it's the the entire thing, like just f- top to bottom, was a fantastic. Yeah. So I, I think you'll enjoy that because that was actually the first the first Marvel I read was Ultimate Universe. Oh really? Yeah, that was uh, the very first Marvel comic I read was, um, I th- it was either the Ultimates or Ultimate Spider Man. Actually, no, 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 Ultimate X Men. Um, Ultimate X Men was the first because my. My school's library had the first volume of Ultimate X-Men. There you go. Yeah, and so I I read that, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And so then uh, I read the Ultimates, and then they had the Ultimate Avengers movies 1 and 2. Watched both of those. I have seen those. They're good. Those are good. Um, Ultimate Avengers 2 isn't based on Ultimates 2. Um, it's a totally different story involves Black Panther and stuff, but with the Ultimates two in the comics, it's, it's got like Loki stuff and some really cool things, but nice. Yeah. Anyway, dude, seriously dive into ultimate. It's so great. Yeah, I will at some point. I, you know, I, I, I have that in my pocket, sort of like a backup, like if I ever get bored. Well, you know, cause I like, you know, I like reading Marvel and I've read yeah. so much of the main universe. It'd be nice to check out something different. Maybe my next Marvel pitch will be an ultimate book. I'd read one. Uh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Anyway. I've, read, I've read the Ultimate Fantastic Four. I really liked it. That stuff's way good. Uh, ketchup bottle. Do I have anything else? I don't think I have much else. Cool. Uh, I saw Spectre 2. That was fun. Uh, they already made a sequel to Spectre? That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I watched Squirm. What is that? <laughs> Did That's you a, love it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know what I... <laughs> 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 Matt just Matt Matt paused. And just kind of Matt broke. broke. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what sort of rating we want to keep on the podcast. But I watched the You're the, the uh, we don't we don't have any rating. We're we're limitless. We're Bradley Cooper. The uh, the spring the like short oh. the spring short yeah under the influence mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like I was stressed out watching it. Like. <laughs> I had a, I mean, it was hard to watch. Yeah. I was like, this is, I'm really having a tough time with this right now. I <laughs> yeah. should probably turn this off. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's so dumb. It's you should have called me. So it's a black, it's an old black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's about a guy who says, he's like trying to fix an old couch. 
spring, the springs underneath the couch. <laughs> Jesus. And he like breaks one and he's like, I wish these springs never existed. And this little <laughs> animated spring pops up. Spring. This little like weird oh spring. God. And he's like, <laughs> is this like a twilight thing? Twilight zone it's thing? terrifying. And it just like giggles at him. And he's like, you wish you never said that. And then like disappears. What? And then he like, yeah, goes about his day and just anything that has a spring in it doesn't work. And the little, like the little like animated guy comes up and he's like, <laughs> what the hell? It's one of the most terrifying things I've ever watched. <laughs> Holy crap. But here's what I was like. It's It was the best part about it was the three, the MST3K guys uh-huh. didn't have much to say. Like it was almost <laughs> as if like the movie spoke for itself and they yeah. didn't really have to say much because it was like, oh my God, what, are we, what, what am I watching right yeah. now? That's insane. And it goes on for way too long. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. It's unbelievable. And it's just like teaching this guy a life lesson about a life without springs. Yeah. It's wow. so good. And then at the end, he like gets rid of the spring by saying, you're right. I should never have wished for springs <laughs> to not be around. And then he like, then he like spends like, like five more minutes, like telling his friends they're playing golf. And he's like talking their ear off about how great springs are. <laughs> It's uh, it's unreal. It's one of the weirdest things to ever watch. Wow! It's, uh, it's I mean I'd recommend watching it just to like experience. Yeah. What were people smoking in the fifties? They were like, <laughs> let's make this movie. Let's let's really like stick it to the kids that springs are important necessity in life. Yeah. It, yeah. But it's that little amazing. animated spring was it's one of the scary. scariest things I've it's ever seen. Terrifying. Oh because my god. I, I had it on in the background and I'm and I heard it and I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so then I sat down and watched it and it legit scared me. Oh, yeah, like it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's <laughs> I know, imagine that altered. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to get through. But then uh, anyway, geez. but then Squirm was just hilarious. Yeah. Squirm's I, I watched uh, Time Chasers. Yeah, that was a good one. And I just like how they do the when Crow travels back in time to tell Mike oh, yeah. not to take the temp job and then they get his brother Eddie and he just like smokes through the whole thing. <laughs> so good. It's so good. You guys, when you said time chases it for whatever reason reminded me of this suit. Did you guys ever see clock stoppers? Yes. That Did I see so fucking dumb. <laughs> so, dumb. <laughs> so dumb. I don't think I ever saw that. It's, it's one of the dumbest like it's not even time travel. It's I mean it's just the guy stopping time like just so dumb so dumb okay, well, you, you should watch time chasers because yeah. it's equally dumb because the guy time travels in an airplane okay. <laughs> not sure how that works magic, <laughs> yeah. magic. science it's science like, it's like magic school bus yeah it's, uh, stark technologies <laughs> yeah and he has like the best mullet ever and by Ooh. best i mean the worst i love mullets <laughs> So that's my jam. If you want to get me to watch a movie, we can put a mullet in it. Mullets, and then we'll watch the spring video. <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's hilarious! That's one of the roughest things I've had to watch in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I got one more piece of ketchup. Yes, we were sitting here. It's okay. We record on a Sunday. Yes, we do. Yeah, I got mail. That was weird. Yeah. As we were recording. Yeah, I on a Sunday. On was a Sunday. frightening. And Let's mail, open it. But we're yeah. going to unbox my package. Right Hooray! Hey, okay, unboxing! Unboxing Matt's package. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. 
something about Matt's package. Insert joke here. Woo. He's tearing yeah. along oh. the seam. Oh, he's whipping it out. All right, guys. I I received in the mail the Mist Viagra uh, oh. two disc collector's edition. Wow. Yeah. And the reason I got this is because it has the alternate original Frank Darabont's original vision of the film. Oh, really? Black and white. Ooh. Which the studio said nope. And then he got approved to to remaster it in black and white to put on this collector's edition Blu-ray. Yay. Wow, that's incredible! This dubbed video dubbed. That's cool. That's so cool. And this has been opening the mail that came on Sunday at Matt's house. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it's an Amazon thing? I don't even. I don't know. Because it even says on the package, Sunday delivery. That's Maybe. Really weird. I have never in my life received mail on a Sunday. I've never even seen a mailman on Sunday. No. Yeah, they the, stopped the mail they truck stop pulled existing. up and I'm like, what day is it? Yeah. And then all of a sudden we just hear Yeah, you like <laughs> it at the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, thanks, Dick. You're really happy wow. about this Sunday with Java. Huh? Uh Charlie. but it's very cool. It's got the uh the old school style, fifties oh. style cover art. That's that way cool. So cool. They definitely. I mean, he wanted it to be a, sort of an homage to the old '50s sci-fi yeah. movies. Uh, so he filmed. The, he actually filmed the whole thing. All the coloring and everything was all designed so he could, at some point, make it black and white. That's cool. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, that's he like cool. intentionally wanted it to be black and white. Filmed it in color because he knew they wouldn't let him. Yeah. In the way that if he wanted to, he could transfer to black and white. That's cool. Frank Darabont's pretty awesome. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just got, you know. Anyway. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, yep, so that's my ketchup. That's your ketchup and your mail. <laughs> and my mail. How long are you going to let that I don't go? Know. <laughs> intermission. <laughs> Just felt like having some sort of intermission music for transition. Um, <laughs> I know I said I would finish the Jar Jar thing here. Um, but I'm not going to finish the Jar Jar thing here. Just go and look it up on your own time, and then maybe we'll talk Some about it. Some guy thought Jar Jar was a Sith Lord. Yeah, well, and he gives, it. He gives good justifications. We'll read it off, off air, but it just, it'll take up too much air time. It'll just be me talking for fucking ever, so no. Yeah, um, it's super long. and Yeah. Yeah. That's why I called an audible there. Um, so, this week... We uh, for our review, uh, Rachel uh, pitched uh, DC Universe presents Dead Man slash Challengers of the Unknown, but really just Dead Man. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead and, and start us off with uh, with why you pitched it and, and what you like about it and what you're um, doing and all that. I pitched it because Dead Man's really the first DC thing that I read and fell in love with, mm-hmm. and I just think he's an interesting character because he's a dead man. Oh. <laughs> He's dead, and man. And he's a man. <laughs> but I, I picked it up when I was out in Colorado because it was written by Neil Adams. Yeah. And I just wanted to check it out. And You mean the, the first Dead Man volume, not this yes, one? Yes, not this one. Yeah, since okay. this is kind of a reboot, retelling. Re, 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 reboot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's the first thing that actually made me like dc and want to get more into it and i like the mystical side of dc Mm -hmm. and so i read a lot of justice league dark with dead men in it and constantine hell yeah the the dark universe yes but so this is about how do i really start it (laughs) because i'm i'm used to the original story so this is a little off for me yeah yeah (laughs) since it is a retelling of course 
Um, but Boston Brand was an acrobat who was murdered during a trapeze stunt, and he was given a second Snight. chance. He was a, like, they don't say it in this, but he was actually killed by a guy with a hook. Oh. Well, <laughs> in this, in this they, one, they he's say sniped. Sh- yeah. Shot, yeah. Some dude yeah. snipes him out of the well, air. The guy with the hook snipes him. Oh. <laughs> man yeah. that's gotta be like the that's gotta be the worst job ever if you have a hook hand yeah, like, hey, you go and exactly shoot people with sniper rifles yeah but yeah they don't obviously put that in the retelling because that's a little weird yeah but maybe it's just hook phobia from neil adams he's like oh, i hate people with hooks they're, yeah, they're out to get me that's true but <laughs> yeah so he's given a second chance by this god and it's kind of he has to redeem himself and he can't pass over until he becomes not a jerk because he was a super jerk face when he was alive. Super jerk face. Worst superhero ever. <laughs> super jerk face. <laughs> yeah, they don't, really, they don't really explain how much of a jerk he is in this, though. Yeah, in, in the original, like, he's a dick. Oh, okay. In the original, but, he's a fuckwad. Yeah. This you, is like, here's my fancy car. I'm yelling at a guy. I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. They, I know, they, it was like two panels of they, him being a yeah, dick. Yeah, they brush over it super quick. Exposition of him saying, yeah, I was a dick. Yeah. But like uh, the psychic in it is actually was his girlfriend that like, you're a dick. Oh. And okay, left, that explains a little bit more. And that does. Because I was like, left, why is this girl important at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. And, and the guy that no he does eventually possess in that is the guy that she left him for in the circus too. So like there's stuff in it that you don't really get. Unless you've read the original uh, stuff. Gotcha. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. So this is DC's attempt to bring him back into the universe? To yeah, this was bring the, him back. The yeah. New 52 um, retelling. But this is like okay. the only solo thing that they did with him. After that, it was all Justice League Dark and team-ups with, you know, Phantom Stranger and uh, okay. all that. All so. the other Dark Universe guys. Exactly. So this gotcha. is his only one-off. You guys remember the Phantom Stranger jokes from that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do, because I feel like an idiot every time I say, I love the Phantom Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the Phantom Stranger too. Trust Ooh, me, who doesn't love the? That was a staple. That was a staple of my junior high life. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I'm this kidding. Made me feel dumb, um, you guys. I <laughs> go ahead. I really liked the covers in this. Um, whoever the cover artist is did a fantastic job. Yeah, so wait, I, are I those are the covers the single panels? Yeah, the ones that yeah. take up the entire page. That's what I mean. Yeah. So. Sorry. You already flipped past the first one? <laughs> nope. This is a cover? Yes, that's a cover. That's one of the coolest drawings I've seen in a long I, time. I love it. Uh, it's a drawing of Dead Man uh, ripping pages out of a book with uh, the librarian slash lesser angel yeah. uh, revealing her true demonic form about to smash him over the head with a book. It's really awesome. It's yeah, it's so good. That's the cover of DC Universe Presents number two Got from it. 2011. Yes, that's very cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I don't know who the artist is, but but good good on them. I don't either. But Agreed, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was Mikkel Janin, but uh, I found out it wasn't, so I have no idea. As I like that they have the pencils as well. Yes. Yeah. For the covers. On the back side of it. Because there's so much more detail in the penciling than there is in the I, color. You know, in the color. It looks like the colorizing almost takes up some of that detail. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's probably intentional, but yeah, it's it's cool seeing all that detail in the pencils. Oh, it's very cool. Yeah, I like that. What's uh, what did what did you guys think of the the story overall? Of uh, well, wait, I've got some I've got some questions, some Kay. DC questions before I can uh, go through the story because 
It's time for DC questions from Matt. It's the worst DC questions from Matt. Ooh, wow. Well, I don't, you know, <laughs> my tablet's not charged, so I don't have all the sounds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to use my phone. I guess the big question is, what's the what is the DC Pantheon? As far as like their Who? their it what what what's what's like what what is uh, who's a what's a force <laughs> So are you talking like the Justice? Are you talking about like Superman, Batman? No, 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 no. Okay. Like, like the deities. Oh, okay. The 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 biblical pantheons that exist in the DC universe. What are there? What so, is there? Everything. Um, in the DC universe, they have Greek gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire Greek pantheon exists in the DC universe. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. All of the Egyptians, all the like Egyptian gods and everyone and pharaohs and whatever the hell. Okay, that's cool. Um, all of the, even like I think they even involved for a while. Like for instance, Thor. Mm-hmm. Before Jack Kirby uh, did Thor for Marvel, he actually wrote a, a Thor one off for DC Comics. Oh really? Yeah, which is kind of funny. Um, but I don't think they've ever used that since then. Um, so I think because I, I think they kind of wrote off the Norse mythology once it became popular with uh, with Marvel. Um, but yeah, the the Greeks, the Egyptians. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think anyone else. A lot of Egyptian stuff, actually, like Doctor Fate, um, and a lot of the Justice League yeah. Dark stuff. Kinda. Seems like that's probably because of the Marvel took the Norse that they went with the Egyptian. Because the yeah. Egyptians pantheon is not in the Marvel universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and I mean, like, or if it is, it's very limited. Yeah, and like, and for the DC universe, the Greek pantheon pretty much only gets involved with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. whereas the Egyptian pantheon gets kind of involved in everything you know shazam and black adam have a lot of egyptian stuff related to them and then uh, the dark universe keeps mm-hmm. kind of drawing back into it as well so that's kind of those are kind of the gods but at the same time like a somewhat christian god also exists because um the specter who is basically he's the specter is the spirit of vengeance before ghost rider was the spirit of vengeance um okay. he's basically god's right hand man that comes down to to exact vengeance upon evil people or whatever um, He's in uh, Justice League Dark. Oh, is he? And Phantom Stranger. Oh. So was the question. Yeah. Oh, and hey, the Trinity of Sin was... Um, Phantom Stranger. Yeah, but that was that had to do with Egyptian gods as well, didn't it? I think like the, so. Like the curses that they had, like the question being cursed with no face and the Phantom yeah. Stranger. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, awesome. So yeah, really the Pantheon is mostly Egyptians. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but there is, a, there is a Christian god. Yes, Cause, or, or cause somewhat this, Christian, because this whole thing to, to feels like it de- it's dealing with some sort of hierarchy of within of some sort of like angelic angelic hierarchy in the Christian religion. Yeah, it, it, it's more so in going back to Phantom Stranger, uh, Dead Man and him are very similar in their quests. He has a Rama. Well, so Rama's him, Indian, but, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, Phantom so Stranger more. has the voice, which, you know, he has to redeem himself as well, like Dead Man. That answers nothing. Yeah, it's but. about basically, yeah. No, I, I got no, I'm just, <laughs> He's just staring. I'm just, trying to, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to compute. The reason I'm asking is because, and this is going to tie back into your original question of, like, what we thought, what we thought of the story, is what's his, what's his motive? What's, the, what's his purpose? Because I, I understand this whole redemption arc kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, it seems a little like, okay, so he was a jerk in life. Yeah. And now he has to, like, suffer through eternal, like, limbo for being a dick for a little bit. Like, I, I'm just, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just trying to yeah. understand, like, and then she puts him on this, like, arbitrary, like, esoteric, like, figure out the question 
quest or something? So basically, I mean, what what it seems like um, he thinks his assignment is is to, you know, like to save those people from from death, obviously, and, or and like save them from themselves. There's exactly yeah. like basically he's, fix fix their problems. Fix so their he, death so wish. he's sort of a redeemer. Yeah, yeah, and that's his curse because he was a dick. Exactly, his yeah. curse was he was a dick and he didn't appreciate his own life. Curse, I with quotation air quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that he he didn't appreciate his own life or whatever and he didn't value it enough, and so now his his assignment or his curse or whatever is to help other people see the value in their life and, and okay. all that. So, yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Uh, I mean, I, that's the gist I got. I just wanted to get some clarification to see if I had missed some yeah. sort of... Uh... In, in the original story, this all happens on Nanda Parbat. Oh, really? Yeah. I like Nanda Parbat. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So, I guess I, there, there, so there's, there's elements in the story that I really did enjoy. I like the sort of general... I mean, this is my first ever anything dead man, like to the point of knowing that he was a superhero in the DC universe. (laughs) So, uh, I like elements of his sort of power set. I think it's kind of cool that he jumps through people. He seems like he can bring some of his skills to these people. Like he can, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when he, he when he goes into somebody, they can sort of do what his acrobatic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's because it's. I he, mean, he's still limited, but he can still do it through them. Okay, uh, and then he breaks into this like monster lair. Yeah. The, the, yeah, that weird like like yeah hotel of or like multi floors of of the bad Moonstone. guys. Uh huh. And that's uh, that's a DC universe has a lot of like the, the 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 movie monsters stuff going on in it. Yep. Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's monster is a big, uh, yeah, big part of the DC universe, which is actually really fun, by the way. If you want a really like crazy, weird, fun comic, mm-hmm. read Frankenstein yeah. and the Agents of Shade. It is hilarious. Yeah, he's also in Justice League Dark. <laughs> and like, somebody gets their arm ripped off in every single issue of of Frankenstein. Like, and it was it was it was even a DC universe thing for a while. Like for three years straight in the New Fifty Two, every single week, some comic book had somebody getting their arm ripped off. It was like this weird. <laughs> thing that like the writers decided they were gonna do it was i don't know it was odd uh okay so then he goes he goes somehow he like reads his own life book and figures out he has to talk to this other deity the son of morning mm-hmm. yeah that's because uh he he forces um the librarian to tell him where he needs to go because he's like what, i'm gonna what? i'm gonna burn up this book or whatever why is he going there in the first place to figure out, because he wants to figure out what, why, why the hell he's going on this journey and what the end game is, and and so how he, it ends. so he breaks in to see her because he already feels like Rama's. Yeah, he's suspicious yeah. of Rama, and because he feels like she's just leading him on a wild, wild goose chase, and none of the people that he's been assigned to. Yeah, have, he's he's kind of like I've been doing this for a long time. How they've come all still nothing died. Is happening. Oh, okay, so where we take off in this story, he's already been doing this dead yeah, thing that's what for he a explains. long time. That's what he explains when he's when he's looking like when it shows like the guy getting the lethal injection, um the guy that you know like uh I the, got a little bit of that, but I didn't the the time frame didn't seem like it uh, was Yeah. years. It seemed like it was like yeah. this is the past it, 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes a little more sense. Okay, so then he goes, he goes, he gets in he gets up, meets up with this dude and then it got a little too esoteric for me for a while. <laughs> I'm not much into the predestination stuff. Like that kind of that can kind of take me out of the story because it's like I, I like the way they did it though. Like, I enjoyed I, the I loved, questions on the roller coaster. Yeah, I loved his answers to the questions. Yeah, that was really interesting. And I and I love that you know 
he's getting frustrated and he's like that's exactly how you should feel and uh but and then at the end the gist i get at the end is that he's still fucked so what it did is basically broke him free of his the, past, of but his of his of the people that he yeah that he that he but wasn't able yeah. to save. But he, he will still be tied to anyone ever in the future. Yes, and so she's still got a control over him. She's still going to be sending she him does, on missions. But it's not what it was. Yeah, he's like, not before he, this. He couldn't like go help anybody that she he, didn't say he could help. Yeah, she so. was she was giving him assignments before. And now he gets to go sort of roam free and and help people as he sees fit and all that. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, to be fair, I, ha- I, I, I didn't have a ton of time to read it, so I had to kind of swiftly get through it. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. I can, I'm actually knowledgeable of this. So. Yeah, yeah. This is like, this is like Rachel's <laughs> No, that's good. So, okay, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, you guys can chime in too, but I, I mean, like, I enjoy the art. I thought the art was nice. The pacing seemed well, mm-hmm. same, seemed good. Uh, you know, I mean, I get... I so I liked the art as far as the way that the guy drew Dead Man. I really liked how he drew Dead Man, but a lot of the other people, I actually liked the art. Bothered me a little bit, um, like how like the way that the guy drew. I don't know, just other people, and especially the dude in the wheelchair. Like the noses were a little weird and stuff, and the color. I didn't love the coloring, but the way that he drew Dead Man was fantastic. Yeah, he really stands out in all the panels. Yeah, he's I got think. like that really like. Um, I don't know how to explain like that. That sort of like that that jaw line that sticks out quite a lot, and it just like I don't know the, the his whole posture and stance and everything. It, it sticks out a bit. Yeah, um, I mean, the, I think the the thing that that I took away from this was that uh, I could see Dead Man being sort of a fun character in a group setting. Yeah, that that's my other point. I just kind of wanted to introduce him because yeah. his involvement in Justice League Dark, him and Constantine is amazing really him as a sidekick i think he's a lot stronger than he is on his own so are he and constantine I, buddies or they hate each other they hate each other oh that's fine. they're always I, bickering i think that's i think that's what i picked up out of this too is that he doesn't have a power set that i could see would make his own story that interesting yeah because it's all about who he is inhabiting at the time yeah exactly. so yes if you're trying to write a story about him you suddenly have to care about this week's yeah well and any yeah inhabiting. any narrative with him it has to be about the you know the person that he's that he's helping and how helping that person helps him that's really pretty much the only story you can yeah. tell with him right yeah. but i think if you put him into a group setting and you allow him to use his power set for the larger goal yep you could get some pretty fun story out of it yeah yeah because he's almost like a shapeshifter in a sense yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. kind of what they did with this the original dead man he couldn't speak to you unless he was possessing somebody so they kind of changed that, and in Justice League Dark, everybody can see him because they're all mystical. That's cool. So it works. That makes a lot, a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, it it just works a lot better yeah. of him being in a group. Yeah, and just especially with Constantine because nice. it's just like an old married couple. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, so I did. I I, I like the the introduction of this character. I think he would be a lot of fun to read in Justice League Dark. I think that would be that sounds like it'd be a fun comic to read. Mm-hmm. I like. The, the what I what the small sort of overview I got into the this this mystical pantheon of of uh, the DC universe that seems like it might be fun. Yeah, DC's got a lot of mystical stuff, and it's mm-hmm. really awesome. Like you know, I I, love, I always love when Doctor Fate gets involved. Or um, oh, I love Doctor Fate. It's awesome. Basically, just a helmet that that takes over somebody and makes them like 
do his bidding and serve his purpose of like in the like it's very similar to Doctor Strange as far as the power set, but it's all done by this ancient Egyptian helmet that just like inhabits their body and takes them over completely. It's pretty crazy cool. Um, but yeah, DC's got a lot of mystical stuff in their universe more than I think any other you know like more than Marvel, more than even like the Vertigo comics. DC's got just tons and tons of, of mystical stuff. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was kind of interesting because it, this definitely had a, a very different tone than a lot of the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially with, like, where it got very kind of existential yeah, meaning of life kind of things. Like, Marvel's so grounded in reality. Yep. And I think that's, what, I think that's what drew me to Marvel was that sort of grounding. Mm-hmm. But it's refreshing to read something that's a little yeah. bit more esoteric and trying to figure out more of the, like, you know, uh, deeper questions. Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of what I like about DC is it has the full range, you know, like, especially when Greg Rucka writes a story, he usually is right on the line of, like, taking the, these weird, like, crazy mystical elements and then approaching them with, like, this sort of detective noir style. And so I think that, yeah, that's that's some of the things that the DC universe is open to because of all the all the Batman and detective type stuff, you know, the question and stuff. But then the fact that they live in this universe where Egyptian gods are totally real and there's these crazy mystical artifacts and magicians and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this. As far as this story goes, I liked it well enough. The arc was was interesting and it was a good introduction to him. Um, very exposition heavy at times and then not exposition-y enough at other times. Um, like yeah, that, some of the explaining I thought was kind of like, what? Yeah, exactly. So, it, yeah, I agree that it would be super heavy and then not really resolve yeah. anything. I know, it was, all, it was all like, oh, wow, that's tons of explanation in this one paragraph and then like, just like two panels of like skipping over some yeah. big important detail. Like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough for, because uh, I mean, I, I literally read this in the, in the hour before you guys got here. <laughs> and uh, there were times where I was like, shit, I need to go back. I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it was it was pretty good. Um, was there was there any more stuff you guys wanted to, to say about it before we uh, we moved on to the, the piat? Did anybody attempt to read Challengers of the Unknown? No. I was going to, but then since I was on a time crunch to give it to Matt, I did not. Okay, I, just, I was just curious. Get, what, what's your thought on that? So, give us an introduction to who the challengers of the unknown are, and kind of what the story is about. Uh, um, on it, sorry, just to jump in real quick before. I, yeah, go ahead. The only reason I didn't read it is because there was no writer. There were just two people who were credited as plotters. I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't like that. That's why I'm like, uh, you can if you want, but I I'm not recommending it. <laughs> When they tried to new fifty two ify a lot of the like Jack Kirby stuff, they kinda screwed up a bit. I thought they could have been amazing and they could have done something really awesome with them, but it just they yeah. tried to update that one too much. Because yeah. they put them on like the reality show in the mountains. Weird. It it's just not good. That's but really weird. What I only really know of them from the old Dead Man comics. Mm-hmm. Because they do team up. So they're kind of like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Because they were created by Jack Kirby. Yeah. So, so. yeah, they're, they're basically the same. Fantastic <laughs> <Yeah>. Four. <laughs> but they, you know, obviously deal more with mystical things. Which Kirby loved. 
He yeah. like loved the crap out of that, and then Stanley was always like, "Ah, I want you yeah. on my so, superhero so, stuff." So yeah, like Jack Kirby's stuff with them, mm-hmm. like the older stuff, is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is not. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Grant Morrison take a drink had uh, a, a really awesome uh, run on it. It was like one of his first works in in DC Comics was on Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, I've always been interested in in reading that. Yeah, yeah. It's like before Doom Patrol, before the Invisibles, before all the all the the really Morrison stuff. He yeah, did Challengers. Because they are interesting characters, mm-hmm. but that's not. <laughs> it's, I just think it's really bad. It was really horrible. Yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> read it. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's uh, let's let's give our uh, our ratings, starting with uh, with Rigel. Well, obviously he's my favorite, but <laughs> but this story, this but, story itself, yeah, uh, this story itself, I'll give it a three out of five. Oh yay! Yep. Dead man with swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your uh, what's your rating? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of something clever. I'm trying to think of something clever. But... <laughs> I, I couldn't. That's why I'm just like eh, three out of five. Um, yeah, I'll give him, uh, I'll give it two out of five. Uh, I'll give it two out of five for this story and. Three out of f- three and a half out of five for interest further in the character. Hmm. That's pretty good. I'll give it. Uh, <laughs> this is the dumbest rating I've ever done. Um, <laughs> I'll give it three out of seven letters in the name Dead Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. As far as <laughs> I told you, it was dumb. <laughs> I was stretching there. Um, but uh, yeah, again, as far as as far as like actually, you know, I, I'm glad that I read it because it was. I mean, it was pretty good, you know. I mean, as far as the story itself, you know, the execution I didn't love as much, but the story that they were that they were telling was, I think, really good and pretty compelling. Um, you know, and then the fact that okay, now I do understand this character fully, and so any other book that I read with him in it, I'm going to understand where he's coming from and what his motives are. So yeah, I liked it. Cool. So is now the the time for the the pitches. Bitches. Pitches. Bitches. Yeah, it's really bad. I just pitch music. I know. I need my. I should have charged my tablet first, so I'd have my soundboard, so I can play zany wacky sounds. Well, I don't know if we need that. We need zany wacky sounds, guys. Better music. (laughs) (laughs) Just do the how I met your mother car alarm. I actually heard that car alarm right before I came over here. I was over at the Chinese place down the street, and I was like sitting in the parking lot, and all of a sudden it just starts going off. I was like, what the? It still exists? Like, I have not heard that kind of car alarm in years. Because now it seems like every car alarm now is just like, beep, 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 beep. (laughs) It's driving me crazy. Okay, well let's uh, let's let's give our pitches, uh, Rachel. Since uh, it was your book this week, we'll uh, we'll start with your pitch. All right, I am pitching Descender by Jeff Lemire. Take a drink. Yeah, and I've never read it, so I'm just gonna read the back of it. Do it. I, I've already done that like three times, and I'm doing that again today. All right, all right. Ten years after planet-sized robots called Harvesters appeared and wreaked havoc across the galaxy. A young android named Tim21 wakes to find that all robots have been outlawed. 
but Tim may hold the secrets to the harvesters in his machine DNA, and he quickly becomes the most wanted robot in the universe. With bounty hunters and threats lurking at every turn, Tim embarks on a mind-blowing adventure through the stars along with his robot dog Bandit and the lumbering mining droid Driller. Hmm. And I'm still not sure how I feel about the art, but... Yeah. Dustin Nguyen is very polarizing as far as his art goes. Like I, I do like I, it, I like it, but I'm not sure how it will fit with the story. Yeah. So it's kind of a... The watercoloriness to it. Yeah. Yeah. And now Dustin, Dustin Nguyen's interesting. I, I've always liked it. I've never actually read a comic that's that's illustrated by Dustin Nguyen, so... It's at least like a full storyline, because I read the first issue of Defend- Descender. Um, but yeah... Q. Yeah, yeah that, that's my pick. That's Sci- sci-fi child robots. Sci-fi child <laughs> robots. All right. Uh, Matt, you want to go next or you want me to go next? You go next. <clears throat> All right. So my pitch is The Five Fists of Science by uh, Matt Fraction and Steven Sanders. And I'm going to read off the back of this just because this is like gloriously old-timey. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> science. No longer the realm of the pop dandy or the physicist uh or no longer the realm of the pop the dan the dandy or the physicist science no longer the purview of the landed gentry or moneyed upper classes science is today science is now science is for you come one come all to this grand old adventure in the brand new tradition the escapist fantasy the penny dreadful the pulp adventure the pick a trash compendium a picto trash compendium the graphic novel the five fists of science Join Mark Twain, a.k.a. Samuel Clemens, and Mr. Nikola Tesla, a.k.a. the Master of Lightning, in a white-knuckled thriller as they save the world. Not recommended for the soft or the sissy, the weak of heart, nor the dull of mind. The five fists of science, Twain, Tesla. America, you cannot spell action and adventure without TNT. At long last, science for the common man, science for the working man, science for the everyman. Fear it. Feel it. OMG. As told by Messrs. Fraction and Sanders, Kansas City, Missouri, and published by Image Comics, Berkeley, California. WTF. So this is about... (laughs) Science. Science. (laughs) The world of tomorrow. (laughs) Seriously, this is about Mark Twain. Watchmen screw things in with screwdrivers. (laughs) It's about Mark Twain and Nikola Tesla along with fellow uh, dabblers in science as they save the world. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I'm sorry, who's a, it's That's Matt Fraction. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's... it's Okay, you, you lost me completely, and then when you said Matt Fraction, I was like, okay, maybe it's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one of Matt Fraction's... Uh, this is really one of the books that actually got him on the map. As far as like when when Marvel started looking at him and, and people started kind of taking him seriously, one of the the works that was was big and that was Five Fists of Science. Um, I still haven't read it. I've had it in my collection for like a year now at least, um, and have yet to read it. But I've always been really intrigued by it. Um, I've heard great things about it, and it's it seems to be a quick read. It's probably only like four issues, um, and so I'm 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 interested in reading it. And I love me some Tesla, and I love me some Twain. So. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, my pitch is um, is a buckle down, guys. <clears throat> Click. Uh, oh wait, hold on. I, wait, I, hold I'm on, not on, ready. Hold on, hold on. No, we don't have to buckle down right now. But it's oh. a it's a buckle down if if okay. Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> it's a buckle down if we choose it. Okay. As it is. Uh, let me find the page count on here. 
Let me rebuckle. Yeah, you better. Buckle back in. Yeah. It's 320 pages long. Ooh, okay. 320 pages, okay? I might need to be buckled <laughs> in now. <laughs> Let's Here. do it. It's totally do it. I'll, I'll buckle you in. Buckle me in. It's totally doable, guys. Thanks. Yep, no problem. Uh, <laughs> um... Okay, Matt. Uh, so I'm pitching this because you guys like Daredevil. I do like Daredevil. Oh, uh, I know what you're. I know you where guys you're going like, with this. You guys like terrapins, <laughs> or uh, you know, specifically mutated teenage uh, ninja terrapins. Yes. This is the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimate Collection Volume One. Volume One. Are we doing the colored classics? This is not the colored classics. This is the original mm. black and white Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, but Eastman we're not, we're not, we're not, yeah, I know it's Eastman and Laird, but we're not doing the one that Eastman and Laird went back and colored. No, this is the original black and white. Okay. I can't, I mean, unless you can find a colored, colorized I one. Yeah, it's just called Color Classics. It looks like a pizza box. Oh, and is it just the same? It's the same exact story. They just colored. colorized yeah. it. Yeah. It's yeah. actually the same price. Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, no, it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap at all. Well, um, this is, this one is, uh, if that, if you can, if you send me a link to that, that can be my pitch too. I don't okay. care. The colored or black and white. I just one. couldn't find another volume one that was the originals. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are all, uh, yeah, redone, like reboots or other stuff. And yeah, I, want, I want. I specifically wanted the originals. Yeah, this one's this one has like, you know, Eastman Lair talking all about it throughout the whole thing too. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. I, I don't know if we need that for a comic review. It's, yeah, but I mean, it's still interesting. Anywho, when, in whatever format. Yeah, I, I have some, read some amount of the uh, <laughs> the original Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles run. I have read the first trade of Eastman and Laird's return to the characters after IDW got the rights. Yeah, um, it's it's pretty good. But yeah, I'd I'd be excited. Have you read to... the original? I haven't. They're batshit crazy. Really? Oh yeah, they're they're definitely not for children. Yeah, and they're totally bananas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's Oof. my that's my pitch. All right. Well, this week we can't have a tie, guys. <laughs> That's literally impossible. literally impossible. Yeah, no, it's not. We can all pick the, a different thing. Yeah, but oh, th- that's the problem we always have. Is this? Shit. It is possible for all of us to pick. A well, then we one. can do a three sided die. There's no such thing. I know a six sided die. Um, okay, let's uh, let's start with Rachel. What's your pick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't know. Let's see. We'll we'll come back with our we'll come back with our decisions <laughs> after this break. For our picks of the week, um, let's. Uh, looks like looks like Matt's fully ready. So, uh, Matt, what's your pick? Uh, Descender. Descender. Okay. <laughs> uh, I pick Ninja Turtles. Pick Ninja Turtles. <sighs> it comes down to me. Do I want five issues or do I want eighty-nine? It doesn't have to be 89. <laughs> no, if you have a volume that is like the first 10 issues or or five issues, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I think the first Color Classics one is like, I think, 20 issues or something. Um, something like that. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. Um, 
it's a really tough it's a tough decision because like I'm I'm interested in reading Descender because it's like a concept that I love but at the same time I've I've had the colored classics of the Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles sitting in my Amazon cart for like two years at this point because I've wanted to read them for so long and I feel like I'd almost be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to read them there's Triceracops fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay Ninja Turtles we're in for the long haul <laughs> Uh, good thing we buckled down. Good thing we buckled down. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Otherwise, well, we'd be. I mean, seriously though, if we want to find uh, smaller, whatever well, your colored classics is, let's just run with that one. That's going to be the same amount of issues. We could just say the first ten issues of that if well, you want to. We can go as many as far as you can get. As far as you can get. Okay. Yeah. As far as we can get by next time, and then we'll all come okay. back and with say the, where we got. With a minimum of five. Six. Six. Minimum of six. Minimum of whatever the first story arc. Actually, no, it's probably like super short. So I yeah, doubt, minimum of the I first doubt six. there's story arcs also. Okay. I bet it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, minimum of six issues. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, uh, for the, the listening audience, uh, next week, come back having read at least the first six issues of Eastman and Laird's original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So you can either do the... the uh, what's the What's your collection called? Uh, the ultimate collection. Ultimate collection, or or which the is, colored, which is what I'm going to try to find. And if I can't, then we'll we'll jump to the colorized. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then there's also the color classics. So you can find both of those on Amazon, Comixology. Um, you can find them on on eBay, uh, other places. You know where to find comic books. You're smart people. Um, but uh, this, you know what's? But it's funny. I had a hard time like trying to like find the right really? Ninja Turtles because there's so many. There are tons. Volume ones. Yep. And especially even Eastman and Laird have two or three volume ones exactly. just themselves. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. To. This is not the. ID. I know what I want, but I don't know which one it is. Yeah. yeah. This is not the IDW reprint. Um, does it say the year that that one's from, Matt? Uh, the year. This is published in uh, 2012. But no, the, the, the ultimate be- collection was published in 2012. Yes, yeah. the originals are 84. 84. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's what you look for. But yeah, if you find the ultimate collection or or uh, color classics, those are both the same, uh, the same, the same deal, same spiel. So if it's on the ultimate classic or ultimate collection, it's like a black cover. On the color classics, it looks like a pizza box. So, yeah, the cover of this is—they're uh, all wearing red bandanas. Yeah, they are on the color classics as well, um, I believe. Anyway, yeah, um, they didn't do—they didn't change them until the animated series. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so that's that's it. Is there uh, any any other stuff you guys want to leave leave the audience with? No. We're watching uh, Blade Runner next week. Oh, that's oh right. yeah, Blade Runner: so, The Final Cut. The Final Cut, which I—I I mean, I did—I did my research. I went and looked, and that it generally people say the Final Cut's the best one. Cool. Uh, and I do have a copy of it, so we can we can watch it. Sounds good to me. Um, yeah, follow us on social media: uh, Instagram at Savage Land Podcast, Facebook at Savage Land Podcast, and Twitter at Savage Land Pod. Oh, and the name of, uh, of, of the book, it's uh, the first in the series, World's Rising, uh, the first book. And this is all working titles. We're not sure if we're sticking with it yet. Um, but the first book will be, um, I think, Broken Rain, something like that. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, look out for that. Check us out on social media and, uh, and stay classy, San Diego, or some shit. <laughs>